0: Welcome, Flight Suit Friday listeners. We've got a special episode for you today. We are in Long Beach, California for the Women in Aviation Conference. Sam straight up goes to be at the airport, Um, so I grabbed my uh, friend Amanda here. Amanda, welcome.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I mean, I'm probably no substitute for the Great Sam Haffensteiner, but I'm actually just mostly excited to be talking maybe to Sam's mom. Yeah, who like hopefully is listening. Yeah,
0: I don't know if she actually listens anymore. I think she gave up a while ago, but thanks for uh co hosting with me. Uh, Sam, I don't know where Sam is, probably just eating ramen noodles and some
1: it sounds like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'll do my best.
0: Yeah, um, so we're here in Long Beach, right? Women in Aviation Conference. Uh, I got to sit in on quite a few things yesterday and I I don't know. I always thought that it was just you guys trying to find a job with the airlines, but it was so much more than that. Um, Yeah. What what was your thoughts about everything yesterday?
1: Yeah. We are here at the longest beach uh, in California, which uh, I'm stationed up at Magoo. So, and uh, Cassie, who's with us today too, is in San Fran. So kind of cool to have it in our backyard. And to be honest, I've never been to a conference. So this is my first one too, but Yeah. It's kind of, um, it's a huge industry. Uh, like it's an international, I mean, women in aviation international type conference and, uh, the coast guard sort of through like a grassroots campaign and, uh, some women volunteering just, I think thought to themselves like, Hey, you know, we try to send people to this conference. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we maybe pull people maybe like a day early and just let's get all the coasties in the room and talk about, uh, aviation stuff. And, uh, just be get to be in a room uh, with people that, you know, look a little bit more like us than maybe what we're used to at our units. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah so. that, that's awesome. Cool. Uh, I think before we jump into it and start talking with uh, Cassie, uh, we're gonna do something a little different. So normally we like to do shout outs from the fleet, but I think we're going to grab some uh, women that are here to talk about either their first our case or something. So uh, let's jump into that. All right. Before we move to shout outs, I apologize, Amanda, I did not introduce you. So this is Amanda Montour. She's going to be our uh, co-host today. (laughs) She's a permanent party in Magoo. So yeah, Amanda, you want to tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do?
1: Yeah, I am Amanda Montour. Uh, I am stationed at Fob Magoo. That's accurate. I'm the AOPs there. Uh, I've been there for about a year and a half. Uh, I've been to air station, Houston, Atlantic city, and then, uh, managed to seek an early release from Atlantic city. And how'd uh, you pull that off? You know, I could tell you, um, <laughs> then you'd
0: have to kill me.
2: Yeah. Uh, so no,
1: honestly, I just, the off season solicitation came out and Catma O'Brien was the CEO of Atlantic city and he was like super supportive. And I think I told him like, I will leave, I will move tomorrow. So anyways, but That's yeah, uh, I'm loving it out here. The flying is amazing. Um,
3: I flew I'm, over a giant Scientology building the other day, and I was like, whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoa, that is huge. California has
4: awesome things. So <laughs> I'm
1: drinking, uh, I think the same thing as you, Kenny, the Mischief Hoppy Belgian Style Ale 8.5 from the brewery, and I don't know where it's out of.
0: I, it's it's local. I, I don't know where. I
1: don't know how local, but. We'll look it up. Um. But yeah, so we're uh, sitting here with, uh, I'll say one of my favorite co-pilots at San Francisco, even though there's a bunch of other (laughs) co-pilots. You can probably hear him giggling in the uh, background there. Yeah. What? (laughs) We're at the Women Aviation Conference in Long Beach. Uh, There's a ton of uh, people here from all around the Coast Guard, and uh, we're just hanging out. There's a group of uh, San Fran folks that got together, kind of all uh, rented a house together to do the conference. So we're kind of here barging in on them, so... Uh, we're here with Jackie McElligot. Do you want to
3: tell the folks about yourself a little bit? Um, yes, the most important thing is what I'm drinking.
0: Thank uh, you for <laughs> staying true to the tradition <laughs> of Flat Suit Friday.
3: Uh, Cutwater lime margarita made with real tequila. And it's pretty good. It's a little little tart, but the right amount. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit about myself. Well, uh, Air Station San Francisco is obviously my first air station. I just graduated flight school almost a year ago. Um but before that, I was a sweet deck watch officer on Coast Guard Cutter Willow in Charleston. And then... Um,
0: That's bef- a two, 225, right? Yes. Okay, nice.
3: Party boat. Definitely, um, <laughs> definitely a party boat. That's what I've heard, yeah. Partied all the way in Gitmo. It's every time. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. Gitmo forever. <laughs> um, and then before that, I was at Sector Charleston as an OS. And then I was on the Laguerre as a non rate So here I am.
0: And then you saw the light. In I Kennedy did. Aviation. I yeah. was
3: like I think it was kind of a weird moment when I was going to join the Coast Guard but like specifically being an officer. Um <laughs> was just my mentor, he's an 06 retired captain in the army. And he was like, we were eating Thanksgiving dinner. Obviously I was working at target. So we had to talk about like real (laughs) career stuff. Like, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) And, um, he was just like, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would join the coast guard. And I was like, what is that? I mean, we hear that all the time, right? Um, but yeah, like two months. You later, thought to
1: yourself, I could end up on the Flight Suit Friday podcast. Yeah, that was it. And like way back, like ten and years ago, best
3: I was like, chance. I knew this was happening. Yeah, this I'm is my moment. For this. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah but Jackie's so. is here with us today. She's going to give us a sweet uh, SAR shout out. Uh,
3: this is your first case. What you're talking about? Or no? It's not my first case because no I'm seasoned. You know, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Super, super crushing the left seat skills here, um, but. It was my first, I guess, real, real case at San Francisco. Um, so we all know about the atmospheric rivers that happened it was a month ago now, but it was kind of a big deal. We had a bunch of uh, different air stations rally at air station, San Francisco, and re- be ready as we are um, for stuff to happen. But this was actually just a normal training flight. Um, it was me and Eric Schwartz. And then we had Kevin Lai. He was our mech. And then it was an upgrade for Lauren Escobosa. So it's kind of, we were not really super ready for, you know, a SAR case, but... Um, no swimmer on board. No swimmer on board, that Just was Just out the to do thing. some reps with the boat. Yeah, and um, the other aircraft, um, they started first, and then we get, you know, a call, our sector's talking to, I think it was the fire department over the radio, and the other aircraft was like, oh, crap, we gotta go back, get our rescue swimmer. Um, I think we had... Maybe six hundred pounds of fuel. I'm somewhere roughly around there, but it was it was close by. It was in Pacifica. It was like maybe a five minute flight. But the weather was bad. It was like five hundred foot ceilings, uh, two miles of visibility, lots of rainy stuff. Um, but they went back to go get fuel and their rescue swimmer. And then Eric kind of like went over to all of us and was like, "Hey, let's just go check it out. How's everybody feeling?" And Kevin and Lauren were very cool. They were just like, "Yeah, let's let's do it. We're ready." um for whatever so we just flew over there cuz the radio for-
1: chatter that you were hearing were f- was for a body border.
3: Yeah, a body border. I think there was, there was a report of like three or four other people but they had they had swam back to shore and it was a a body border that was a confirmed PIW which is like the oh, that's yeah. it. Let's go. Yeah. Um and so then we went over there and got on scene. And It was like in a like you've been a San Fran, right? you were in And uh, I think it was Rockaway Beach, just kind of like this weird outcropping of rocks and like super strong winds, I think, from the south and really heavy waves. And we're, we're all looking for them. And I think it was Kevin or Eric, like they spotted him immediately, and then we're just like, all right, we're doing this, right? Like, we don't have a rescue swimmer, but um, we just sent the basket down and he swam. <laughs> Both
0: plopped are, right in. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: he grabbed the basket and we pulled him up, and it was just like, nice. there's lots of adrenaline, but it, it all happened relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, it's always good to poach Zara from the duty crew. Yeah. Sorry, Joey.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm not sorry.
0: Oh, it was Joey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you snatched <laughs> yeah. it from him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's always good to like remind the swimmers that like we can sometimes yeah.
0: do our yeah. without you. So <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, it was cool. Um, I think I was telling you earlier, but I want to say he was talking to Joey, but he said, um, that all he saw was black, like, and he was, this is the survivor you're talking about right yes exactly um, all he saw was black and he, he was for sure knew he was gonna die and then he saw like our landing light above his head and that's like that's the stuff you wanna hear yeah, yeah but
0: that is awesome. awesome yeah that is I mean, so that awesome. was
3: like I think I've talked to other people and they're like sometimes you go years as a co-pilot or like a young AC and you don't have actual SAR. and so I was like wow this is cool it's during an atmospheric river you know Bravo 2 um, normal training flight and then I actually get two witnesses, our case. So
0: that was, yeah, that really that's good. awesome. That I'm going to so embarrass awesome. Jackie a little bit here, but uh, my <laughs> favorite, <I> <laughs> my favorite part of being in ATCIP is seeing people come through for their designation course. And from day one, where they're just eyes wide open, yeah, they're like, like, oh ah. my gosh. And then, um, yeah. And now you're out in San Francisco and if you guys weren't there right then and there, like that person might not be going home to their, yeah. to their family. And I think that's that's really cool to yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, you did my last star upcoming, check, so. Yeah, remember when I gave you that, like, hey, and by the way, like, I want you to get an IFR clearance and do oh, the approach. Oh, yeah, I do, actually. And I remember just and being like,
4: <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, oh, what's man. IFR? <laughs>
0: That was two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm serious. That That's awesome, Jackie. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, yeah, for coming sure. on the chair. That's yeah, great. Yeah,
3: thanks for listening to my humble co-pilot story. So. Yeah. Love awesome. Yeah. shout-out.
0: Cool. You. All right.
1: All right. We're back for one more star shout-out. I am sitting across the table from... I feel like I am maybe using this as like one of my favorite flight mics I've ever flown with, <laughs> uh, Maddie Ridenour, but um, Maddie, tell the folks uh, where you're at and uh, where you've been and tell us the story of your uh
4: Well, thank you for uh, not necessarily dragging oh, wait, sorry, me here, burst, but maybe dragging me are Oh, the, yeah. I yeah. that's required. <laughs> okay. It is Golden Road Brewing Ride right On. Nice. Hop hazy, like, oh nice! Um, like Hazy's are kind of my favorite. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I went to Whole Foods to look for beer, and like, there's like a whole aisle of hazy IPAs. And I was like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> <California>. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: You don't have to look very hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, Maddie, right now I'm in a uh, AET. I'm in San Fran now. I was a non-rate in Long Island. And I went to a school and then, uh, had my first air station in, Brinkin,
0: in Brinkin. Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah. I nice.
4: Did a nice two and a half year stint there. I ran away when they brought the sixties in, which brought me to San Fran. <laughs> I got here in 21, so coming up on two years. Um, having a great time. My first and only SAR case was in Puerto Rico, actually, though, it was, um, my, it might have been my last duty day, maybe my second to last in Puerto Rico. So I got got qualified in like August before I left down there, and was just hounding for flight mag duties left and right. But it was post COVID was kind of relatively slow. And then um, it was my birthday weekend. Nice. And yeah, <laughs> which and was, all you wanted
3: was a little bit of sorrow. <laughs> well, it's
4: like I don't I don't have i never care about my birthday. I don't want to do anything. Don't mind standing duty. Don't mind working all that. My wife has other things to say about that. So it was like a point of contention in the house. <laughs> and then it just so happened that on my offgoing day, we were um, like post COVID in Brinken, we were kind of still standing duty on base or like um, sleeping on base. Yeah. So instead of using the duty rooms, trying to mitigate all of the cross-contamination between duty crews and stuff. We were allowed, we were only within a mile from base housing to the hangar. So just so happened that day, none of us had really left. We did our morning trainer, came back. We're just kind of hanging around, just chilling a couple hours left before relief. Uh, Alarm went off. It might have been still cell phones, but we got the. Were they
0: still doing when I was there? They had like the deet deet, like the Nextel push to talk ones.
4: No, we. Okay. Not the okay. Not, like we, we have in we we do now. You still yeah. have those? No, we still have those. Oh, right. oh yeah. my. Yeah. 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 It, no, it was all just like on our. Um, we had um, iPhones. Okay. With have you heard of iPhones? The, yeah, right. Are you familiar <laughs> with iPhones?
0: So we actually, when, when I was in Magoo, there was one night where I we were the duty crew, and. I woke up and I was like, oh, what time is it? And I went to go reach for like my phone and I grabbed the other one and I accidentally chirped it and like everyone's like running around I'm like no chirp chirp stand down Un-turp so it. like I'm like yeah. so then I chirped it again and everyone's like what's the case like are we in dry suits and I was like stand down but I had like woken to everyone up at that point point. it was awful but sorry yeah. I, I interrupted you yeah. no it's
4: the the stress <laughs> level with those phones and bigo is <laughs> never no. ending and like the
1: sounds that we've now been scarred like yeah. we will be out in normal public and hear the sound of that yep. phone ring or whatever and yeah. like you have like a visceral <laughs> yes. reaction, yeah. So that's something
4: that all that we carry with us. Um, yeah. So we just saw it. It was a P I W. There's, um, there's a, a tunnel. It's kind of like a like a tourist spot you can walk through, and then there's a little offshoot, um, like coming down from the mountains. And I guess there was like bad rip that day or something. But um, all, we saw, all we saw was like, I think it might've been a call for three PIWs, but had gotten, basically they had gotten sucked out right at the the mouth of that tunnel. And we all just happened to be in the hangar still. Really, by the time we got the plane out, it might've been 15, 20 minutes before we like started up taxing out, which is like, we're pretty good with speed when we know Like that kind of relative case. Yeah, move quick. Especially with Delta. Delta Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Delta checklist and we all just happened to be there because like sometimes, especially like post-COVID, it was like, you know, that 30-minute window really was a 30-minute window because everybody's driving in for that mile and then or if it's in the middle of the night, but we're all just kind of like snapped to, got in. Also, it was right in the pre-transition point. So we actually had a mobile pilot that not oh, I'm not I'm trying remember. to think um, it was Mac
0: Mac Isom. Yeah, yep. that's the one big yep. Mac, yep.
4: So uh <laughs> with him and um Mr. Uh Gonzalez was the PIC oh but, Mike Gonzalez. Um no different, 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 different Gonzalez, yeah, different okay, Gonzalez. Okay. Um and the uh swimmer was Curran Hino. note. He was also also his first live voice that day, and uh he was in a school around the same time that I was too. So we were all kind of like junior, you know, kind of like coming up, had done a couple of, a couple of flights, a couple like we got launched all the time and break in for, you know, E perbs flare sightings, all that kind of stuff. But this was the first, like, Hey, this is potential like real game stuff. And especially 65 community, I feel like we get beat out all the time. So it's always like, Oh, it's not real until you're over it actually happening. Yeah. yeah. But you know, all of those things considered we launched in that, you know, pretty quick step two. And it was only about a 15 minute, maybe even less transit to the tunnel. We got over the, uh, kind of over the beach and it was pretty popular. It was a Saturday, it might've been a Sunday afternoon. So, you know, crowds out on the water or on the beach and we did a little loop. And as we were doing the loop, we saw somebody in the water kind of doubled back. And did a closer, like, slow pass and saw a kid on his back. So his face is up to us, but as the, it wasn't, like, ripping surf or anything, but it was enough. There were, like, a little waves, and you could kind of see it just, like, starting to lap, like, over his face. So pilots up front are like, okay, got it. We see him. This is real, doesn't look great situation, but we had just launched from 10 minutes you know, from the station, so we super heavy, stepped super, off. Yeah, I yeah, stepped off, jettisoned um, a couple hundred pounds, I think maybe, and just whipped back in.
0: Is that the first time you've been in an aircraft that had jettisoned fuel? No, okay, it was not. Okay. I had
4: been on one or two at that point, I think, that we jettisoned almost in the kind of the same area. So I'd, I, yeah, the actual like jettisoning scenario wasn't super. Uh, unfamiliar to me, but I, uh, I had the red book out, you know, yeah. just reading through the steps, did all the, did all the steps. We definitely waited a full minute before we got into a hover, pulled into a oh, hover. Certainly. And as, yeah, like Sorry. as I have the red yeah. book out and I'm jettisoning, Kern's getting, you know, dressed in the back. And yeah, we just kind of moved in. We was like, as we are as we were finishing the jettison, it was kind of like, all right, let's kind of expedite this, you know, rescue check part two. Did you guys talk, talk about, feel.
0: um, not jettisoning fuel?
4: At that point, I don't think we no. really okay. considered it. We were pretty, especially in Brinkin, our standard was 16. Yeah. So we were, like, relatively heavy. Okay. Like, crew-wise, we weren't super heavy, but it was, an, I think it was enough to warrant the in. The okay. Yeah, but, okay, cool. But it was, and it happened pretty quick. It, what kind of deployment always, did you... So a, we, as we were kind of moving in, we... Did the brief as we were like writing everything. Oh, yeah, one back, of those, basically. like, hey, I'm just yeah. coming in and like, give me the yep. brief as I'm coming yep. down. Yeah. started like yeah. kind of the no, you know, right no checklist. Yeah. <laughs> no, just
0: like, yeah.
4: We didn't really even talk about, as far as I can remember, anything as far like once we got down over top or like bringing him in or anything like that. We just like, let's move in, let's get current down. So we opted for a direct. So we just like, yeah, let's direct him down, get figure it out. And we put him down, we short hauled him. Actually to the beach. So we were, I think we were about a mile from the tunnel. So there was a parking lot closer to the tunnel. And then from there it was all just sand. So we could see people on shore. It was probably about 150, 200 yards from shore. So we're like, we just got them down. And that was like the first time, you know, all of our, with SpongeBob or all of our dummies or whatever. It's like, if the, you know, swimmer wants to take their time down there, give the, the, Whatever the drill is, you know, it can be any kind of time, but Kern yeah. got in there. It in looking back, it felt like maybe ten seconds. He so went fast, in quick yeah. drop, it was it would fastest. take longer to, to rig up Spongebob. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like back in their face, yeah. yeah, all that. But it was like over top, we didn't have any kind of need to move back. He just gave thumbs up, picked him up and we short hauled him over, dropped him on shore. And left Kern down there with him, and people were kind of. Was there like EMS on shore? So there anything? wasn't yet. Oh, okay. But okay. we, when we dropped him down, the I think it was the family and just like a couple spectator, like maybe friends or whoever were close. We like kind of pulled him over the little like uh, rock bed, whatever it was. Dropped him, and I just brought the hook back up and we left Kern down there and we just orbited around trying to figure out because EMS we could see in the parking lot but it was about a mile up the beach and he came on the radio and just asked for like a blanket or something so we were getting ready to prep um, either trying to figure out to drop the EMT kit with a blanket or drop whatever he needed and they are like by the time we got back around it had been a couple of minutes and EMS wasn't really moving Um, didn't look like they were making their way or anything. So we landed on the beach next to them, got them back in the helo, picked up, pulled over to the other side of the tunnel, dropped back down on the beach, let, uh, the swimmer and the survivor off. Was the
0: survivor, um, breathing? He was-
4: breathing when he picked him up. I think basically when Kern was talking to me about it afterwards, he said he kind of like scooped him up. And as he scooped him up, he basically just kind of went limp. He was like, he was just, breathing, but that was like his was last like, ounce of, yeah, it was kind of, it kind of just felt like he had wow. been, I'm, you know, you think about launch time. That was the other thing in Puerto Rico is like, typically we don't receive those calls right away. And it seemed like, EMS was on shore, so it would probably been maybe 20 minutes before they'd gotten pulled out. It took us 20 minutes to launch, get on scene. By the time we orbited around, he'd been probably swimming, fighting a current for close to 45 minutes, maybe. And yeah, he just kind of like I think he just gave way into his arms and just let him pick him up. I remember
0: talking to Mac about this case, and he makes it sound like a movie. You know, like in the movies where, like, imagine someone is, like, treading water, and then they, like, take that last breath, and they start to sink down. And the camera angles like, beneath the person, like, looking up as they're, like, slowly yeah. sinking down. Like, that's, that's what he kind of made it sound like. And, he, um, and he, it sounds like you're kind of reaffirming this story. Well, but
4: and that, like, I don't know if it was that. It, it was all chaos in, in my head or just yeah. like trying to think about like I said it's like none of this is ever real until you're over top of the person it's like oh this is real but at the same time it was just kind of like everything went straight routine it's just great. like it's not I and I think that's like the biggest takeaway for me is like all of this we talk about standardization we talk about all of that the checklist and all those things and how it just kind of like that's the point it clicks in in that moment you don't yeah. really
0: yeah, I mean, even like you were saying, like we didn't do a ton of checklists, but I think because we always do those checklists, like you guys knew what you had to do in that moment to get that person out of the water, right? And you didn't have to really talk about it or pull out a piece of paper. Everyone at their crew station was doing what they needed to do. Swimmers getting ready. Hey, this is kind of a uh, deployment that I'm thinking about. You were probably already like after you're like, okay, I got the red bug, the double fuel, and then immediately going to like okay i need to get ready to start hoisting so i'm gonna just start i didn't you probably didn't hear rescue check part two but you were probably doing it you know
4: i don't i don't know if i heard it or we just talked about like simultaneous (laughs) like okay i'm gonna red book gunner's belt we're gonna do this exactly of things (laughs) it's like i don't even hardly need to say what needs to happen next because you're already
1: doing it Yeah. yeah
4: yeah Yeah, that's pretty cool that's pretty surreal I mean that
1: had to be a pretty surreal moment I mean
4: it's it's no, nothing that I'm ever gonna forget it's definitely like, even if it's you know we would talk a lot you know you heard one tonight there's plenty of things that you miss out on or you get snaked out on case wise or you know have been sandwiched in between so many duty days <laughs> of yeah, <stuff. laughs> Just yeah. Uh, good sarcases. Yeah, it should be noted that Gretchen's case was stolen from Maddie's. Crew. It was that, um right, Miss Miguel got's. Oh, Jack's case. Okay, but okay. hers might have been sandwiched. Miss Gretchen's might have been sandwiched <laughs> on the other side of mine. Yeah, that's too. Funny. But there's been plenty of those out here. But I'm not gonna walk away from this career not thinking like hey, if we wouldn't have been out there, then that might not have yep. happened.
1: And even if, like, you go the rest of your time and have no other cases, like, there is someone, like, walking around, like a kid who, like, is going to grow up and, like, have a yeah. because of like what you guys did, which is like pretty cool.
0: And no matter what, flying helicopters is pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. <we're laughs> really, so. You just get to fly helicopters <laughs> in a beautiful Island and now San Francisco. Like, but. Even
4: if it's just, it's a training and that's why I take so much out of even like the instructor side of it. Now it's like, dude, I have the coolest job. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we get paid. To yeah. You start yep.
0: to, yeah. You know, you start to see that, um, return of investment of teaching someone how to hoist and like, Even though like you weren't there, but you're like man, remember how we spent? Remember how I made you do that extra diw? It's
4: happened three times in the last six months.
1: Does it feel good? So more of your students at this point have had (laughs) they've probably had more star than you at this point. Three of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Literally, that's way way cooler. It might have been four
4: months. Like three (laughs) hundred
0: (laughs) percent.
1: That's way cooler.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks thanks for coming on. Appreciate you uh, taking the taking the time. Maddie and I actually were in a breakout group and we're definitely solving some big Coast Guard Whoa. problems. Okay. Oh, yeah. We tackled them all. Yeah. yeah
4: I'm excited. We to don't see want to
0: yet. reveal it yet. Well, the CO's conference, I think they're getting revealed that. So yeah. we'll definitely be getting credit for
1: coming to a CO's conference <laughs> here. <you>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: solutions. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Maddie, very much. Great yeah. shout outs. That was fun. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: super cool to hear from pilots flight Mike's doing cool things. So I love that you guys do the Our shout outs. We really appreciate uh, those ladies coming on and telling their stories. So uh, we're super excited. We got a great episode for you guys today. Uh, so we're in uh, Long Beach at the Women in Aviation Conference. Uh, so we're here... We're in the San Fran house right now, yeah. so the convention center is pretty loud, so we <laughs> thought that the house would be quieter to do this podcast, and we also thought we'd have some like willing participants. Uh, which is mostly true, so you might hear a little background noise yeah. on and off throughout the episode of just, just like. In the background, a good time. there's
0: like people flossing and dancing and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. right now. So, Yeah, so you know, sure just normal heard, normal stuff. Yeah, I think I like heard
1: Rick roll at one point, like for sure. Uh, so yeah, no, it's like it's a super cool vibe here, and uh, we're excited. But so we're gonna hear from uh, Lieutenant Cassie Holly, who's uh, one of the AOs in San Francisco, and she also happens to be the head of the planning committee for. The Women in Aviation Coast Guard Contingent. Uh, So we'll hear from her. Uh, She's an incredible pilot. She's had some great SAR cases. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, She's an instructor. Like I said, she's an AEO and just like an all-around boss.
0: Yeah, she's been crushing it, um, everything that we saw today. So I'm really excited to talk to her and see what she got to say. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, let's get into it.
0: Make it happen. Uh, Cassie, welcome to Flight Suit Friday. What's going on?
2: Thank you very much. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Uh, so normally we like to drink beers on Flight Suit Friday. I think I'm going to stay true to that tradition. Um... I'm not going to say what time it is because I'm looking across the table <laughs> and I see coffee and donuts, but um, here goes, here yeah. goes nothing. But yeah.
2: uh, time zone, you're time traveling. So it's, I like, have beers if you guys want beers. Yeah, no, it's after. Yeah, I actually don't drink it all, but okay. I get my calories from ice cream. So, okay. You know? that, which
0: is also yeah. a very righteous way to, to intake calories, know. <laughs> it might be really
2: early for ice cream, but there's no judgment here. So, yeah. Um, What's your
0: favorite ice cream flavor?
2: Uh, it's probably Tillamook mudslide. If you haven't tried Tillamook, it's, you know. Oregon for five years, you really get invested in Tillamook ice cream. And then up at Newport, uh, it's definitely a thing that you learn as a co pilot. If you do not buy Tillamook ice cream for the AirFac, you are in big trouble. Okay. It's like super creamy, nice, but there's kind of like a battle between Tillamook and Umqua up there.
0: Yeah. So I actually did a family vacation last, uh, last fall or so, and we stayed at Rockaway Beach. And so we were like 20 minutes, so we went to the Tillamook factory. And the ice cream is really, really good.
2: I yeah. am glad that somebody here can, can also can appreciate. To it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. I
0: really honestly
1: good. thought you were making those words up. So I, it's <laughs> no.
2: I've never heard
0: of no. Are you serious?
2: Yeah, I've never heard. I don't Tillamook. Yeah, have you, you ever saying, seen cheese in the like grocery Tillamook store? Cheese. No, there's some. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh. oh, anyways, I'm drinking a Hermosa Brewing Company. Uh, it's Everyday Sunshine, double dry hop, hazy, double IPA. Oh, spilled it. And it's 8.2% for those that are tracking my uh, nice. ABV.
1: Nice.
0: All right, so let's um, let's jump right into it. Cassie, what is Women in Aviation Conference, and how did you get involved?
2: Well, how I got involved is maybe a little interesting story, but uh, <laughs> I feel like somehow I walked myself into this, although I'm very, very happy that I did. I went to my first Women in Aviation International Conference in 2017, and actually that's the only one I've been to in person, so... Uh, this is my second one, and somehow I found myself somewhat in the driver's seat, along with uh, Commander Caitlin Mitchell-Worster, who I will give mad props to for doing this, you know, some some years by herself for uh, yeah. six different events. So um, a long time that she's been doing this and, and carrying the torch for all of us to continue to go to this. But uh, the Women Aviation International Conference obviously brings in women, flying from all around the world and is a huge expo event for us to kind of share our stories. And I think that it's important that the Coast Guard continues to show up and meet with our sister services as well and kind of learn from each other, learn from the civilian sector and take those practices with us. And I think it's also a place where we can kind of establish some commonality of things that we're facing both in the civilian sector and the military sector that, Uh, you know, sometimes on a day-to-day basis, you're like, oh, it's just me going through this problem. And then you're like, oh, it's more than just me, you know? And so it's all of us. And then, you know, it's a, a time for us, I think, to come together and, uh, think of some solutions to move forward and help, you know, progress into the future.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. I was, I was super impressed with what I saw yesterday. Um. You kind of mentioned Caitlin. She's going to go be ops of Nolan now. Are you, are you guys, is this an official passing of the torch? Did I just hear that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, but for anybody
2: listening, uh, we are soliciting for planning committee members for next year. And uh, anybody who would like to take the baton and, and lead this charge and I will happily answer questions. along Yeah, the way. I <laughs>
1: definitely, so I was just like uh, one of, like a peon for Cassie to hopefully help her put this on. Uh, I had like Absolutely. very small pieces of the pie but uh I don't know why I was under a very false impression that there was like some nebulous headquarters staff and office that just like puts <laughs> this conference on for us and just like runs this and uh like that is 100% not true it's like I mean I think Caitlin was the only woman in Seven Eleven for a long time and so it was sort of like defaulted to her and uh uh yeah it's like a hundred percent grassroots it's like people just like us at air stations like trying to put this thing on and uh i definitely was like under maybe underappreciated the amount of work and like this isn't someone's primary job to do this conference for us and so i i don't know i know you put a plug in cassie yesterday for the planning committee and i was like oh i don't even know if i i mean maybe it's a lot of work i mean i like i'm glad i did it this year but maybe yeah more more help the the merrier for sure but it's like it Is a ton. I thought thought you guys crushed it. You guys did a great job
0: uh, yesterday. um, So yesterday was Coast Guard Day, right? Correct. What is that? Is that part of the international conference? Is that separate? It's
2: part of and separate from the WAI. We've been working with WAI for a number of years to kind of keep this going. Uh, It's not open to everybody, obviously. It's just the Coast Guard Day. And we really see this as a professional development day. That's kind of like a day that starts before the actual conference really kicks off. So the real conference kicks off today, tomorrow, and that'll be the majority of all of the events where where everybody's there. But it gives us time to help build those relationships and community, have those internal discussions about, you know, what it is that we're facing and, and can do together to support each other. So we, I think, tried to take a little bit more of, of a turn this year in that, you know, a lot of times we talk about the challenges that we have and, this year we really wanted to focus as a planning committee as well as like, okay, like what's that next step. Right. And uh, for what the commandant has had to say, you know, like tomorrow looks different, right. So how are we going to make tomorrow look different and present some solutions to these challenges that we think that we're facing. And the best thing, the best way to do that, I feel like is get everybody in that room and like use all those brains, right. Not, not one person is going to come up with all the solutions. So.
0: Yeah, it was a uh, really good. I think one of the, um, I don't know what we want to call them sessions or something. Was behavioral health, um, and that one that one went long. Oh um, yeah, that was
1: that was like. I mean, I think we had like that for like an hour, and I think it was like forty five minutes in our agenda, oh, okay. which is like, I mean, a fair amount of time considering the length of the day. But I mean, there was like there was a ton of questions. It was like probably the session that like had people talking the most, uh, and I think we went like probably twice as long. Like it probably turned into like a full hour and a half. So it's probably just, that was a little surprising to me. It was all like stuff about uh, like mental health care and like uh, maybe uh, proactive or preventative. Like, Hey, what, what, how do I just, if I just like want to talk to somebody, but I don't want to get grounded. I feel like that was the question that everybody wanted to ask. Like, it'd be cool to talk to somebody, but like, I'm so afraid of like this sort of anvil that it feels like medical is maybe like dangling over me at all times like how do i which as
0: an aviator is always yeah, our is always yeah. our fear right
1: and it's hard i think i think we hear a lot um from leadership uh which is good to like you know take time for you and take a knee um which is i think the right message however i think like at the deck plate level we all know man if i take a knee i know so and so is going to have to pick up like four duties uh more than what they're already doing or they're going to have to take more flights and so that's kind of like where the rubber meets the road. Um, so that conversation was very interesting.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you, um, a question then. Do you think, um, people are afraid to speak up because of the stigma of it? Or do you think it was because what you were talking about of like letting shipmates down next to you, or is it a combination? Do you think?
1: i would be interested to see what Cassie had to say, but I think, I think it's a combination. I think there's, I think too, there's like a spectrum, right? I think like people maybe on the, uh, mental health that are like closer to the crisis phase, that I think could be more of a stigma that could be keeping them from seeking help. And then because they didn't seek help, maybe when they first noticed like, man, I'm like not sleeping very well. I'm like under a lot of stress and like now I'm in crisis and like now I'm like embarrassed that I am maybe like feeling this way. Um, But I think on the early side, you know, when you're, before you've kind of like entered like a, a pretty desperate time, I think it's like, nah, it's probably not that bad. I'll just push through it um, because I don't want to like, you know, so I think think that may be more of the I don't want to put something, a burden on somebody else to like cover for me. Uh, So I think it's probably both. I don't know if part of the stigma is like I don't want to make someone cover for me. I don't know.
2: I also don't know if the uh, stigma maybe is the right word. I mean, I think that there might be some out there, but I think it, and I don't want to go – you know, too deep into this and make huge generalizations. I do think that there maybe is some generations pieces of this too. And that maybe some of the younger folks coming in aren't necessarily afraid to talk to people and get the, the help that they need. And maybe some of those in the, in the older generation, kind of looked at that as like, oh, we don't need to talk to people. Uh, so maybe <laughs> so you if can, you need to talk to people, then like, <laughs> I want to I kind of like, yeah, I, like a
1: perfect example is like, hey, you know, maybe I'm having, uh, I don't know, I'm, we all move, you know, maybe your spouse has like professional career. Like I'm trying to handle this. I just moved. Uh, something just happened with my house. I'm like stressed. And I was like, hey, can I like talk to somebody? Like, w- does my CEO have to find out that? And like, does my CEO get a vote? on like whether I'm on the flight schedule because that feels like uh, a very normal thing and like a very normal reaction to like just like wanna talk to somebody. Maybe if you're having issues, maybe you don't wanna talk to like a friend or a family member, like you kind of want purposely want an outside perspective. So like, why does the CEO get to have a say in whether or not I fly? Or 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 maybe not, or maybe not, or medical. Like I kinda, I think I mentioned this yesterday. I kind of equated to like, if I wanna go see a trainer at the gym, just to like improve my fitness. Like I don't need a surgeon. Right. I don't need like a orthopedic. I just like want to go get a trainer to like help me get, you know, stronger or faster or whatever. To me, that's kind of like what I'm doing. If I just want to talk to a counselor for a little bit, you know, if it comes time for me to see like an orthopedic surgeon, like obviously I've like crossed a different threshold, but like, man, I just like, I'm just trying to get my mental game a little, you know?
0: Yeah. So a, a little outside perspective, maybe a couple of small course corrections to, to get you where you want to go or where you're yeah. trying to be, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, one of the the interesting parts of that discussion that I found was, um, these behavioral therapists and their, their relationship with the flight surgeon and how they're two different entities, right. But, um, should be talking to each other so that you can go and get, um, like you said, hey, I want to go work with a trainer or hey, my ankles, you know, I sprained my ankle, like I'm still good to fly, but I, I want to get better so that it doesn't continue to get worse. Um, and then having that relationship with the people at the air station and like they had, what would well, they say? They had like 12 in the whole Coast Guard or something like that. Right, right, like, right. I think if you could have someone or, or even your flight surgeon had the ability to be in and amongst The people at the air station, I think, would be able to make a huge difference. And, you know, we're all, we're all short people. But I think that's that's how that system to me is supposed to be designed is that flight surgeon is able to walk around. So like when I see Cassie on the hangar deck, I'm like, oh, that's not her normal face. Like, I'm gonna make a mental note. I need to check up with her later or be able to show up and be like, hey, I noticed that, hey man, you used to play racquetball twice a week. You're not doing that anymore? Like, what's going on? You're like Oh yeah and and maybe that's all it took was that question to be like, "Yo, yeah, well, I'm super stressed." You're like, "Oh, what what's going on?" and all of a sudden you start un- unraveling that onion and I don't know, I've I've been there before where it's like, "I didn't even know I was stressed until someone told me, dude, you look stressed." And I was like, "Holy crap. I I am." And I didn't even realize. It, it actually happened last week. I was walking through the division and someone's like, "Hey man, <laughs> you look awful." And I'm like, "Thank you." Oh, yeah. do do I? <laughs> Oh gosh. I had no idea. I was projecting that, that image out. out, Right. Right. Um, and, and so I was doing a
2: good job hiding it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like I was, I was really thankful for that person just to be like, dude, you look super stressed. Like, dang it. Yeah. Hey, why is your face so ugly? (laughs) Get Get your ugly face out of here. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I will say like, it is hard. I'm like a person, we'll call it a stoic face. Um, like, so I do sometimes get like, Guess I think women, yeah, women in general too are like, why don't you smile more? So it's kind of funny because, like, usually when people tell me that, I like have a very different reaction of like, not like, oh, thank you, I am stressed. I'm like, this is just how I look. Like, this is just my I'm face. I'm sorry. This, this is, is my face. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't. This is my face. Yeah. I think we all know what condition I'm referring to. But, uh, this is just my face. But yeah, I think
0: sometimes. I don't think you me. have RBF. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <So, laughs> yeah. Nope. this out. I mean, to be honest,
1: I do. Like, I probably have been a little bit conditioned, like, to try to paint a smile on more just because. Okay. It is like, I mean, I don't know. It's the, it's, the struggle is real. The struggle
0: is real. I, I don't know. I You seem like a very friendly, smiley person <laughs> to me because, um, yeah, we basically, we met um, when you came through for your Echo. Yeah, super briefly. So I think I feel I've like, only
1: heard your name, Um, mostly good things.
0: Yeah. I feel like we have like a lot of friends that kind of run in the same circles. And I feel like the Coast Guard is so good at that. You're like, I I feel like I, I know who Amanda is, but I've never actually hung out with her. And so we've been able to hang out a little bit and it's been awesome. <laughs> and I would you're not an RBF person. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: I mean, to those out there, like I'm an ally for you. Okay.
0: (laughs) Oh, of course. What were some of the other, what were some of the other things that uh, part of that discussion that were good or stood out to you guys? Is there any place that the coast guard could make improvements on, on behavioral health? Do you think from like a policy standpoint, or do you think it, it, uh falls more on individuals Now maybe falls on is not the right word but um like starts with starts with is probably a better way to say that right
2: I think we have improvements to make okay. absolutely yeah and uh anybody that knows me knows this is a topic like near and dear to my heart and something I care passionately about uh and I think that you know, I know that there's policy changes being made. I can't say what those are you know, so necessarily right now. We'll leave those for the, uh, the professionals. But there does seem to be some variations between units on, hey, like you can call CG support and you don't have to tell anybody necessarily work like go, t- you know, do your 12 sessions and uh, that's it. And if you're feeling great, then that's fine. Like if you need to come back and talk to your flight surgeon and get more, then like please do so. And then there's other units where it feels like the message is being sent that like, hey, as soon as you call CG support, you also need to call like your unit medical. And then that possibly leads to a grounding immediately. And then we're going to talk to see if you're still safe to fly. And then you can keep doing your counseling sessions. And so I think that- you know, we need to to clear that message up across the aviation fleet. It's like, okay, like where does this stand? And if, you know, that is the case that like, hey, as soon as you talk to CG support, then you have to talk to like medical, you know, just so everybody's kind of on the same page. But I think also then if that is what the policy is going to be, kind of like Amanda talked about, if I just want to go see a physical trainer and like improve, you know, my physical health, like why can't I just go talk to a counselor to improve my mental health? And because, you know, it's mind, body, spirit, right. For us to, to keep going. And I think that there can be a halfway point in there of like, okay, if that's what CG support is and there needs to be like a something else, like another step level in there, it's like, Hey, this is another resource or option for you. Like you said, maybe we have behavioral health specialists at every aviation unit. And that's just somebody that you can go talk to and have a conversation with and that, you know, check in they kind of know how you're doing. And then like, that same person can be like, Hey, I think maybe you need to take the next step on, you know, going to medical and actually getting a referral and, you know, something that's more consistent, but that's just my personal opinion. Cassie Holly's kind of like, you know, we have all of our publications and everything has a level, right. And, and you get more and more stringent as you go down to your specific airframe. Right. And so maybe we have a, you know, a step level process for mental health resources as well.
0: Yeah, Amanda and I were kind of talking about that yesterday I, and forgive my ignorance on this, but like, I don't think the medical manual addresses this. So when it comes up to a flight surgeon, it is like, oh, okay, well, what's the most conservative thing here? Oh, you're you're grounded, right? Um, and we've all met flight surgeons that are like quick to be like, oh, you're grounded uh, until we kind of figure everything out. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, from pilot, speak, we are like, okay, so what would be the most conservative thing for us to do? Oh, it's just not to take off today. Right. Um, yeah. But we'll never get anything done. And I'm curious if there's like a correlation from a flight surgeon perspective to be like, okay, like it's your job to evaluate what's going on to accomplish the mission. Right. And so the most conservative answer to me is not always the right answer. It's just the most conservative answer. And it takes a little bit of, you know, intrusive leadership to say, Hey, what is going on? And where does that fall on the spectrum of like, hey, okay, um, needs, needs help. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to be the one. Like, I don't think I'm ready to fly. Um, I'm going to self ground versus someone with a medical professional and background to say, I don't think you're ready to fly instead of just the, the like, eh, well, just the easy thing to do here is just you're grounded, you know?
1: It's like, um, a. I mean, it's, it's a very similar. I mean, we talk about this podcast in particular talks about, you know, risk, a lot and sort of that equation and I would imagine that like the flight surgeon and the command would be doing something similar uh like when this comes up but it does feel like uh that they just kind of assume like oh this person's like having some kind of issue I'm just gonna assume the risk is high hit the pause pull the pull the flight status and just like take a break and figure it out and like you're right that is like the most conservative uh approach but I don't, I think especially if
0: it takes three weeks for them to come circle back to you and you're like, okay, I'm still sitting here. Like, yeah,
1: I'm like (laughs) off the flight schedule now. And I think for a lot of us, I mean, flying and doing the job is like the bright can sometimes be the only bright spot in your life. Um, and so when you're talking about like just kind of pulling that away because of other parts of your life that maybe aren't currently a bright spot, you're like, oh my gosh, you're actually taking the thing. Like I am safe to fly and, I think we're all pretty good about uh, doing that assessment and kind of determining that. So sometimes it feels like, am I a voting member in this? Like, do I get any yeah. say? I mean, I understand that like you ultimately have the call, but um, is there some kind of like risk process we can enter to be like, we acknowledge that like, Hey, I'm having this issue, but if we can talk through some mitigation, like can we in the conversation with, without even grounding, come up? Like, is that possible? Like, how do I, how do I do this and not trigger like the medical mechanism uh, and that sort of like administrative process? Like it feels like it's like if you mention mental health or like, Hey, I want to talk to somebody that like some folks and I think Cassie's right. The generational thing is different. Like it will kind of just like raise red flags and be like, I don't want to be responsible for you having told me that. And then you getting in an aircraft with someone and like doing something like then then it's on me and it's like, okay, well I appreciate that you're like covering yourself. However, like, if we're not going to apply some common sense and some like risk conversation and mitigation, then we don't actually need people in charge of these things. We can just read a manual and just ground ourselves. You know, like we don't need humans in this. So maybe apply some human standards would be,
0: Yeah, I I don't know.
1: That's probably more complicated than making it sound. But
0: I mean, this whole thing is complicated, right? That's why we're talking about it, I feel like. um, But yeah, the other part is like not even just generational, but within aviation, we're taught to compartmentalize from, from day one. Right. Oh yeah. There's only so
1: much that you can do.
0: Right. Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. They
1: said yesterday, like you're eventually going to run out of compartments.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I've felt it, where you're like, man, this, I'm stressed, 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 stressed. The second I get airborne, I'm like, ah, uh, okay. Just like yeah. you said, like, this is my, I know. this is what I want. Right. But you can only do that so long before you're like, okay.
1: Yeah. You uh,
2: reached a tipping point.
1: You know what would yeah. be cool? Like, instead of grounding me from flying, can you ground me for my collaterals? <laughs> like, that Dude, would be now, cool,
0: right? Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, like, because I'm now. like, I'm, we're
1: kind of like, we're treating the wrong symptoms. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, like, you can't, I mean, think like, you can't answer, I've revoked your outlook for a week because you need a break. But you can stay on the flight schedule. Like,
0: just, what, just let your mind wander cool. there for a second. Yeah. You're like, cool. You're not going to show up to work today until... Thirty minutes before your ramp, you're, ramped, you're yeah. gonna check weather. You're gonna check notams, and you're, you're gonna fly And pilot. you have to go home after you're that. You're just
1: gonna be a pilot, yeah. <laughs> like you can talk with your crew. I mean, that's like I don't know. Like we get out from behind our desk, we're like talk to other people who love flying. We're like, man, what do how do we how do we want to go out and get better today? Like, what do we want to do? You know, what do we want to see? Like that is that's like the thing I think that helps people. And and yeah, sure. There, there are certainly times where people need a break, but I would argue like, yeah, if you want to ground me from anything, take away my outlook, take away my work phone, <laughs> like just give me Almus and ForeFlight yeah. and then take away everything else for like a week. I mean, I don't know. That would be like, I'm getting too excited now just yeah. thinking about it. Like
0: we all know, know that, that? utopian world <laughs> doesn't do exist, but that's,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cause I think a lot of people, like if you talk about um, people looking to jobs on the outside, they're like, yeah, what if you could just fly if that was like your job? Yeah. Yeah. Or like just fly and instruct or like, I mean, man, can you just like take away the things that are not work? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It doesn't like, Hey, like you can't, uh, you can't write any, uh, OERs or awards for
2: like the month. Cause like you are stressed.
0: I'm, I am elbow <laughs> deep in yeah, OERs yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
2: That would be cool. I no. do think yesterday the conversation turned to as well, though. Like, nobody wanted to say, hey, this is me. They're like, so if we're asking for a friend, a you hypo- know, a lot
1: of hypothetical <laughs> questions were being asked. Uh, yeah. 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 Not me. I'm totally fine. But <laughs> I have this friend. Uh, Hypothetically. His, his name is Schmine- <laughs>
0: and, uh <laughs> yeah, Oh, man. Um, what, what else happened yesterday? What were some of the other things that were uh, going on?
2: We had a lot going on yesterday. We tried to pack a lot into one day. So yeah. uh, hopefully people didn't feel too overwhelmed, but we had a senior leadership panel, a junior leadership panel. We had Admiral Sujimento in the area talking to us about diversity, equity, and inclusion, which really kicked us off well for the day. We also had breakout sessions and I think the breakout sessions was a nice, maybe a little change here this year Yeah, in that uh, you know, there was different topics for people to choose from.
1: Yeah, you got to go to whichever one sort of appealed to you, uh, which was good. Because I think sometimes we try to like, well, we got to make sure there's the same number of people in each group. And we're just like, yeah. and there was a burnout was one, personal finance, uh, I think like flying, starting a family and colo. Slash like mill to mill
2: marriages. Like yeah, yeah.
1: of yeah. Kind of like all flavors of like my spouse doesn't um just like stay at home with uh our dog or the kiddos or whatever. So yeah. kind of like managing that. So it was like good. I think uh, I ran the burnout one and I'll be honest. I had kind of pitched that idea to Cassie and I was like, no one's going to come to this. I'm going to just like be resorbed into like another group, <laughs> which is totally fine. I'll say I lightly prepared because I assumed, <laughs> <laughs> I assumed it would be kind of a small number. Because I was like burnout is sort of like a mushy thing. Like. And do that. I mean, it was, it was probably the biggest group. It was huge.
2: And I I think that that is also why the mental health discussion went so long, uh, Mm -hmm. was because people are feeling burnout right now. And this, you know, it's kind of like death by a thousand paper cuts, right? And you you keep just adding things to the list. And so that was like a really good discussion yesterday. It came up in the junior leadership panel as well of, Hey, how is technology affecting us nowadays? And you're constantly on because people can, always get in touch with you and then this expectation to, you know, keep checking emails, keep your phone on, you know? And like Amanda talked about yesterday, adding to flight services, you know, it used to be like, change out the paper pubs, right? But then- you're yeah, like that's your only job. Like I yeah. have a special job for you, Amanda, challenge. <laughs> <for your> <laughs> it's to, you see this date here,
1: I need you to take out old charts. Those yeah. are maps. Like you could put an idiot in the flight services job. And I was telling Cassie a while ago, I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool to like, this is going to sound really nerdy, but if you could take an org chart from like, even like, I don't know, like 15 years ago, like the list of collaterals and like the things that they were responsible for. And like, just compare it to like all of the stuff that we've like piled on. uh, And that would just be, you know, the JOs, like not necessarily the hanger deck, but like, man, we've, it feels like we've added a lot of like niches of collaterals under the umbrella of like different things. And like, I think we're still doing paper pubs, right? Like yeah. we haven't taken anything off, and it's like the same number of people, if not less. Oh, and by the way, I can get a hold of them, and we'll get a hold of them constantly, yeah, because they are always connected. And even I'm gonna, I'm gonna have them. We're gonna rely so much on this uh, communication. We're gonna download things like Slack and WhatsApp, which is awesome. But like, just to make sure that like at all times of the day, I can effectively like reach out and touch everybody that I work yeah. with, yeah, which is nice. But also like if you step back, you're like, oh my gosh, like, this is a lot.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's nonstop. Like at at what point, like, you know, I've had Ospos to be like, well, if you don't, if I'm looking for a recall crew and you don't respond within six hours, you're going to have to take a day of leave. And you're like, what, what? What? Like (laughs) when, when am I just constantly (laughs) attached to this phone? Like I just worked 10 hours. Like let me get some R and R and like spend time with my family. But so your answer, um, I think the question that was posed was, um, what should senior leaders know that they don't know? Or something like it that. It was sort of
1: a trap question. I was like, I'm gonna this is it, I'm gonna get myself in trouble. <laughs> it was yeah, it was something like um Catherine Schmitz was the moderator and she did phenomenal. phenomenal. Uh she's just an incredible. Because everything person, she but, does is phenomenal. Yeah, I know, but, yeah, yeah okay. I like want to be like her one day. I, yeah, I was like, I want to be Catherine when I grow up. Like uh anyways, but she I yeah, the question was like if you could uh, you know, from our sort of junior level, if you could project up to senior leadership, like what would you have them know? Yeah. And there was like a little bit of a silence. I'm like looking around, I'm like, oh, I, I could definitely get myself. I thought, here. I thought
0: that was a great, um, answer because I, I feel like I've heard it before. We were like, well, I don't understand. It's simple. You just do this. And you're like, no, it's not, it's not what you did 15 years ago when you were a Lieutenant, it's very, very different. And it's like, you, I think you kind of mentioned like, Hey, the good idea. And you're like, every single good idea you have, either I have to stop doing what you've already asked me to do, or like I'm staying till seven, eight o'clock, or I'm coming in early for my duty. You may walk
1: around at the end of the day and be like, Amanda, why are you still here? Get out of here. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I, it's so funny. I, on one hand, I do greatly appreciate when people are like, trying to quote chase me out of the office. Yeah. But on the other hand, um, I'm like, I'm still here because you sent me this good idea bomb in my email yeah. and I can't say no. So, yeah. uh, do you really want me to go home or do you want yeah. me to do this? You, Damn want me to carry it, you better position? mean it.
0: If you, if you're telling me to go home, I'm going to go home, but yeah. I better not have an email at 10 o'clock tonight. <laughs> being like, Hey, I asked you for that thing. <laughs> Where just was following
1: it? Up. Just, following, <laughs> just, just want to touch it, basis with you. Yeah. Anytime <laughs> I'm reading the email that says like just following up. I'm like, this is not good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh man.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think it, it was really jarring <laughs> to me. I went into, uh, this is at a previous unit, but I went into an, uh, the access office to like, ask a question and, um, We were just like catching up on some things. I was admin at the time and uh, he was awesome. He was one of my favorite exos, but uh, he was like, uh, we were talking about something and I was like, yeah, I haven't been able to get a response from this person. Like, do you mind giving me a little horsepower? Like no one's going to answer a lieutenant's email, right? No one cares. And he's like, yeah, I'll email them right now. And it was like, why? It was like painful to like watch him type like (laughs) one finger at a time. And I was like, this is interesting because like your JOs are like typing thousands of words a day, uh, and like, so it's interesting that there's just no concept yeah. of like, oh yeah, just like have so and so do it, and like this, but, but this is how I type an email. Yeah. It's like oh my JOs
0: God, are this literally is like crap. typing an email. They've got missile up because they're filling out missile, so they go home from duty, <laughs> yeah. and then they've their other yeah. screen has like a GMT video I was gonna say because
2: <laughs> GMT yeah. video at the same time. While I'm yeah. <laughs> oh for sure, I'm
1: definitely clicking through like an offset PowerPoint yep. that I'm supposed to be paying attention yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they like the multitasking no, that. that is happening, I think is like we've been doing it so seamlessly that like we've maybe adjusted the expectations of like what we can handle as like a I'll say like a JO, you know, jopa type, but it's like, "Oh man, it's almost like uh man, can we? this is going to sound silly, but like reverse roles for the day, like you XO or CEO should just like come just honestly just manage my inbox for like a couple days." Yeah. You know what I mean? At like and see how you can, because I'm sure that they get a lot of emails too. However, like I don't know, it's just different when you're getting all these like demands and uh, stuff. I think it's I think it's different. I think that is like a shift in the culture, and I think what we're seeing now is like that that part manifesting into like the flying. I don't know your flight bubble. It's getting your bubble.
0: I thought the other answer you had on your uh, leadership panel was also awesome. I forgot the question, but you, your answer was talking about recruiting. Oh, uh, yeah. What was the question? You remember?
2: Uh, I think it was the same question. Was of it the like, same one? I think some of it was, maybe it was the same question. Cause it, you, I think I use that as an example of like things we've added to okay. like units. Plates. Yeah, I think you said instead of continuing to try and focus on recruiting, we need to focus on our people and what our people need. And therefore, then our people will go out and recruit because- they, they love their job exactly
0: right, yeah. and I, I and you
2: phrased that perfectly. I, yeah, it was you, something like, cr- like yeah, it, was, uh, it
0: was a perfect. It was almost like you knew that question was coming. Did you?
2: No, I did okay, but I
0: will. <laughs> it admit, sounded it like has you had like a me. scripted <laughs> response. And no,
1: it has been bothering me though. I think I'm just uh, I, I've probably been quietly fuming about it as I see like stuff pop up in the probably my inbox or something of like, hey, this is. Let's re-rack the schedule. Let's—we uh, don't need to do the right-seat skills fight because I want to go do this static display at this school, which is awesome. However, um, like constantly reshifting your what should be very limited resources and your people's like capital of like their time and their energy. Hey, I need a volunteer for this like Saturday static display. Hey, I need a volunteer for this weekend air show, which is probably cool. If you're not getting volunteers though, maybe you just need to say no. Like, so I think my answer was something like, hey, maybe instead of like sort of forcing these extra events, extra things for the units to like help with recruiting effort, maybe instead we like, could we just like really make sure we take care of our folks and like instead of maybe doing these like 10 recruiting events over two months, like maybe we try to give like a, like 48 hours of just like some stand down, like take some time for yourself and for your family uh, and like would that recharge, would you sort of like convert your hundred person unit into like a hundred little recruiters without you saying it?
0: Right. And that's why I wanted to bring this up because I'd be willing to bet that all these DOME surveys and safety surveys that all the units just did over holiday routine, that this topic is probably in the top three of every single air station, right? Like
1: oh, burnout. everyone, yeah, tempo. everyone
0: is feeling the like, uh, why do I have to go do this thing? And I think it's a interesting balance because I always try to put myself um, in the shoes of the person that I'm about to be like, like the counterpoint, right? Like what is my ops or what is my CEO thinking and what pressure is, are they getting versus like what's our, you know, that 04 below hanger deck, like what do they see? All they see is like, cool, you just sent me to Magoo twice in the last three months. And now the one weekend that I have with my family, because my spouse works, we have one weekend that we get to hang together and you're telling me that I have to go do this air show and I don't want to go do it. And how is that going to project when I'm sitting in the sun and it's nine degrees and I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like being here. And when people come by, they're like, well, that person looked miserable. I don't want to join the yeah, Coast and I'm Guard. I'm like beaming with
1: optimism
2: at
4: that
0: <laughs> Right, moment. yeah, exactly. I mean, I
1: probably am because I'm a nerd and I love air shows and flying and stuff. But like, uh, when it comes to like, oh my gosh, how do you like the Coast Guard? Like, what's your, what's your day to day like? I almost also like, I don't. I sometimes I could tell you, and that would sound awesome. Other times I would tell you, and you're like, ooh, that does not sound right. Awesome.
0: Yeah, and so, and so like, where is that balance, right? The CEO is like here, like the commandant saying, yeah, recruiting is an accidental threat. We need to we need to fix that. And yeah. so,
4: I mean, operational commanders it's- are like,
0: oh, I know how to fix that. I do um, fifteen recruiting events in the next 3 days. Yeah. Um yeah, but obviously there's got to be there, there's some balance there and where that balance is I don't know. Yeah. You know. It's very great. I, yeah. yeah,
1: I man um Kevin O'Brien was my CEO in Atlantic City and that uh unit is super busy, right? Like probably one of the busiest if not the busiest 65 unit in the fleet. Uh and he man he had so just like such a good way of like there are the things that matter. And there are the things, um, that don't matter. And like, regardless of whichever category the things fall in, like if I take care of the folks and the folks want, like they will run through a wall for me. So I'm not going to ask them to run through a wall for me until I really need them. Because then when I ask, I know they're going to be there. So I think, you know, most of the time that probably translates into like time off, but I also think it's like having some respect for your profession and like lightening up on, um, some of like the collateral expectations and like continuing to shift the focus to like what your profession is, is flying. Like that's the stuff that matters. So and He just had a really good way. I think of kind of like projecting that downward. Uh, I'm sure sometimes it drove ops and EO crazy cause <laughs> it does like, you know, impact the flight schedule and flight right. hours and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I think I picked up from him was like, if you take care of the people, um, the, the mission will happen. It will happen. Well, there's not going to be any misses. Like, and, yeah. and, and it's not because you're hounding someone for a thing. It's because you're taking care of them and they want to work hard for
2: you. Yes. And we work with incredible people on a day to day basis. Oh, I yeah. mean, that is why I'm here. That's why I went engineering, you know, for the people. <laughs> and sometimes that is a lot of extra work as well. But like, that is what I get the fulfillment out of is, is the people. Yeah. Absolutely. Like being there for everyone, you know, both internally and externally. Right. I mean, we get to do incredible jobs. We get to save people's lives, but we also have to take care of those people internally so that we can go out there and save those lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a great leadership philosophy. You know, like at some point I'm going to have to ask someone to do something that is unpopular, but I want to, you know, it's almost like, Hey, I got to earn some, some trust and credit so that when I do ask that question, no questions asked. Right. It's not like, well, that's dumb. This is stupid. You're just like, Hey, if the boss is asking for this one, he wants us to do it. I don't even need to know the do full it.
1: why. I <laughs> yes. just know. Like there's um, this heart controller in LA, uh, Sandy Needle, who's yeah. been around. I don't know if, you yeah. saw, if you've if you been in San Fran or LA or Magoo for any amount of time, you've probably heard of Sandy Needle or he's like- He's still there? Oh, he's still there. Oh,
0: uh, that's, that's awesome. It's incredible. N- most people are like, oh, sector this, sector that. Oh, yeah, when you yeah, come yeah. work for sector LA, you're like, oh my, oh my goodness. Like yeah. this is- Amazing.
1: Good, yeah, I honestly, Sandy Needle could tell me, so he's a civilian, he's been in LA forever. He's, uh, he's an OU, I don't even think he's, he's definitely not an SMC, I don't even think he's, like he's just a very, very good OU, um, like star controller, and he could probably tell me to like hover over one spot for like two hours, and I'd be like, okay. I don't that makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone like someone else could ask me to do something much more reasonable, I'm maybe like, yeah. why are you asking me? But if he I don't know, and he's just like, I think a good example of like, um he knows what he's asking for. Uh he applies a lot of common sense yes. when he gives you patterns. When he I mean, he's like, This is crazy. He'll be like, Hey, uh, Amanda, because he knows and he only it only takes one time talking to you, and he's yeah. like, Oh, hey Amanda, it's Sandy. Uh, I got a, I got a launch for you. Let me know when you've got a pen and paper. Yep. And he's like, so it's a flare. We've got low apprehension. It's in the LAX air. The western part of this pattern I'm going to give you is in the LAX surface Bravo. Just so you know. Yeah. Or like, hey, I already called L.A. Tower. They know they're like he will do that. It's like crazy. He it understands does all that stuff for you. Like um, sector is doing that yeah. for you. Like imagine that. That's crazy.
0: He understands who we are, our capabilities. And I even remember, it. he'll be, he'll like ask you for your opinion. Hey, this is what's going on. Like, what do you think?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, like if you fly on something, he's yeah. like, Hey, what are the conditions? Like, yeah. you know, uh, and he'll kind of just use plain language. Like, can you just like, I just want you to circle the Island and then maybe give me a couple extra passes, like on the Western beach. And like, this is kind of what I'm thinking. It's like, I don't know. It's amazing. But yeah, like that, he has built up that bank account of like trustworthiness and confidence. So we're like if he doesn't have time to fully explain to me what's going on, but he's like, hey, I think this is pretty urgent. I just kind of want to get you guys out there. I'll fill you in on the way. I'm like, okay. You just but I'll throw be honest, a hand if salute. someone else calls me from sector and like the weather's not great and they tell me that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. I'm gonna need more information. Um, and nine times out of 10, they're gonna tell me something that's like, doesn't sound like it's maybe yeah. as high of a gain as they think, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a bank account like anything else. Kevin Holzer talks about it a lot, but. yep. He does. The, the deposits like man if you're constantly making withdrawals like you're overdrawn I think we're overdrawn in some areas right now
0: definitely definitely um, shifting gears a little bit looks like our episode is going a little long which means we have to do a two part series so uh, this seemed like a good breaking point we'll break here and then uh, we'll come back uh, two weeks from now and we'll finish up with the women in aviation episode so awesome thanks we say goodbye